You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. Okay. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. I'm just going to take a quick, you know, a little sippy sippy sip with my apple cider. A little sippy sip. There you go. Sounds like I don't need to pretend. Can y'all hear it? When you can... <laughs> can y'all hear that? I can hear it and I can Your microphone isn't even on in my headphones. Anybody who loves apple cider... Mm-hmm. But you have to like drink it with cinnamon. Yeah, you gotta pour the cinnamon on it, not pour the sugar on you. Yes, pour the cinnamon on you. On me? <laughs> no, you didn't get it. It's a song pour reference. Sugar on me. Gotcha. Da 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 da. Pour some sugar. Honestly, the fact that we just did the intro about that song and then we're gonna talk about Jesus. It's fine. It's because that's not a good song. Anyways, hey guys, I'm glad you're here um, or listening. You're not here with us. You're, you're not, not here. You're just, <laughs> <laughs> but you're here, but you're not but here. But you're here with us in spirit, and that is what counts. Mm-hmm. But we are really excited for this episode. Um, we will be talking about basically rewiring our perspective on God and the core beliefs that we were taught to believe about Jesus or what was conditioned to us as we grew up because I knew I know that I grew up Catholic (laughs) (laughs) yeah yours is yours is different for sure for sure yeah so I mean basically diving into what we believed about God and that could have been because of how you grew up like you said conditioned Mm -hmm. um and even talking about like what we believe right now you know what I mean? Yeah, and how that has transformed along the years through our ex- our own experiences. Exactly. Honestly. And and I think Alexis and I can agree on the fact that our view of God and our understanding of God has definitely changed many different times throughout our lifetime so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, through each season, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh, for sure. Um, but we did. We wanted to post like a story and kind of get an idea of what is like the first word that comes to mind when you think of the word God? Like if I say God, what's the first word that comes to your mind? And um, to start, I kind of want to know like either what some people said or, and then I want to dive into what your, what was your first idea. So tell me some things that people said to you on your story. Right. So on our, on my Instagram yesterday, I just posted and I was like, hey, if you're really honest with yourself and nobody was around, what would your first thought be if, you know, if you saw the word God? And um, there were some good ones. Um, I mean, I saw everybody's and I appreciate everybody, you know, being vulnerable and, um, you know, telling me um, because that's not an easy thing to do. But there were some that I do want to say because this will pertain to the episode, and I think I want to highlight these ones. Mm -hmm. So um, one person said, years ago, I would have said angry. Now I say loving father. So either she saw um, God as this angry God or, 
you know, I mean, that's how I take it. Or she was angry with him. But either way, it was the word anger. Mm -hmm. And I could definitely relate to that when she was vulnerable enough to tell me that. And then there was this other one that said, um, known, he is all knowing. So whenever she saw the word God, it's like, oh, no, he's just an all knowing God. He's the God on the throne. He just knows everything. Um, but then as she has grown up, she genuinely feels the deepest part of who she is, is known by him. Gotcha. And that was really cool. And then another person reached out to me. It wasn't through story. Actually, a couple of people reached out to me. It wasn't through story. But one person said, I feel like I used to feel a lot of pressure from him. Like every quote-unquote wrong decision I made could frustrate God or make him upset with me. I felt a lot of pressure and every decision was very high stakes to her. Mm, I've got a lot to say about that one. I know. I, I, but I love how vulnerable she was. Like this is what I want. Like the fruits of honesty. That's what I love. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I, what I'm trying to highlight. And then another person reached out to me and, um, well, actually to us on our um, podcast Instagram. And how do you go? How do you even work this thing? I don't even <laughs> know how to work this thing. Okay. For Instagram challenge. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so he said, the first word that comes to mind is father. Having a difficult relationship with my dad growing up, I never view God as the father until last fall. A good father that is there to pick me up when I fall is there to listen to me, hears me cry, and provides comfort. The perfect example on how to be a dad. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just beautiful for mm -hmm. a man to realize that. And to grow in his thoughts of, like, maybe he thought of God as a bad father and now he thinks of God as a good father. And I just thought that was so beautiful to be that vulnerable, especially with us as women. Um, so, yeah, those were the things that were highlighted, highlighted to me that I was resonated with for mm -hmm. sure. Do you want to share yours? Well, I just wanted to say as you're as you're reading all those, the thing that I find interesting is I'm. I'm wondering, and I can be totally wrong off in left field, but I'm wondering how many of their views of God was really because of man. Mm. Like, that's what I'm noticing is, is I viewed God like my father. Yeah. Like how I view my father. I view God like it's high stakes, but, but who said it was high stakes? Probably people that are around you at church, whatever. Mm -hmm. The parents that the if parent you made a wrong decision, it was like, no. Mm -hmm. So what I'm noticing is that like a lot, and, and even with me, like a lot of people's views of God is, is not based on God himself, but it's of people. Mm -hmm. Like it's not anything else. And that's the biggest thing for me personally that I've had to do is separate God from people. Yes. Because even though God came down and chose to be human, he was and took on human form, he was still God. Like, the way he loved, the way he interacted, the way he communicated, the way he connected with other human beings is completely different than the way that any other human being or any other Christian in that church building or any other parent would ever communicate to their child or to a friend or to a sister or to a brother. Like, it's completely different. Like... 
Yes, do I want to say that I'm a good person? Sure, I am. But I can never, no matter how good I am at communication or wanting to pray over people or wanting to help heal, I will never be as great or as good or as healing as the way Jesus can interact with some human being. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I genuinely, and this is my own thought, is I genuinely believe that everybody is a good person, mm-hmm. but not everybody makes good decisions. Exactly. Not every, and, and there's a lot of different things that happen in someone's life and in their brain and in their thoughts like that you know cause that but I think everybody has deep down to their core a genuine heart and they're yeah. you know they want to be good but some... that's who they're they're created to be exactly like that's the core of who you are exactly but junk has just piled up mm-hmm. in people's lives for so long that it's almost like you don't even know where that core is anymore yeah And And we spend our whole lives trying to get back to it. Trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's exactly why we started this podcast. Yes. It's just that understanding. Um, But I will start with mine. So just my view of God. And I feel like it's been like this for a majority of my life. Um, But let me give you a little, you know, background. I did not grow up in the church. I did not go like as a child. I'm my earliest memory of the church is I think probably like sixth grade, something along these lines. Um, and I was in, I went to a class with one of my friends and it was basically where you had to like learn the books of the Bible in order. And you would like, it was really weird. You would go and you would do like these competitions and like they would say, you know, Deuteronomy six twelve, and whoever could find it fastest won. Like that's literally what I went to go do. It was, was kind of weird now that I think about it. But um, my friend had you know asked me to come with her, and I was like, sure. But I I remember throughout that whole time I had no clue. I didn't understand really who God was or what I was really doing there. I just know okay, church, whatever. I'm here. People come here and do this thing. I don't know it's what for. It's a thing to do. Yeah, it's a thing to do. Um, and like I would go to vacation Bible school with her because it just seemed like a fun summer thing. I was like, cool, we get to play games. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever. But like, and I didn't, that whole time I had no clue who this God person was. Not person, but thing, being was. I had no actual understanding of it. You know what I mean? Um, the first time I felt like I understood who God was was probably not until like, eighth grade, literally eighth grade, because I think I started going to church in seventh grade, but I started going to church in seventh grade for social, for like the social aspect of it, because I saw a lot of my friends go and, oh, this is like kind of the cool thing to go do on Wednesday nights. I know we've touched on that a little bit, but Mm -hmm. that was just the thing to do. And so I was like, cool, social, got to get to hang out with friends, you know, afterwards, you know, we always play basketball and do all these things, which that's really what I looked forward to. <laughs> um, and so then in eighth grade, I really started going to church a lot, had an understanding, accepted Christ, all those things. Like I would go every Wednesday, every Sunday, I would be in skits. I would be helping out after, you know, church and all those. When you say you had an understanding, can you um, explain more in that? <clears throat> Like, what do you mean when you had an understanding, when you finally had an understanding of God? Just, I guess I understood that this God is who created us 
is who uh, is the reason I'm here and there's like a purpose for it all like that the whole being of God and and what the purpose is is what I understood then so you had a knowing a knowing yes okay and I felt like beforehand it was more so I had heard the name before but didn't know the significance of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make makes sense? sense? It makes sense. Okay. Um, and I guess <laughs> this is kind of sad, but I guess it's because I actually started listening to what they were saying yeah. on like Sundays and Wednesdays instead of just like worrying about like who was in the crowd and like, you know, do I look okay? You know, all those things. Um, and so going back... I was heavily involved in the church for a very long time. Um, And then probably like (laughs) close to the end of high school, like the end of my senior year on, I just stopped. Um, And (laughs) whenever we had that idea of, hey, when you first think of God, what do you think of? Like, what's that word to come to mind that comes to mind? And when I was thinking about it, and I, I mean, I literally, I was like, I don't want to think about it too long. I just want to say, okay, what's immediately, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And it wasn't provider. It was not healer. It was not father. It was not any of those things. It was church. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote that down, I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Wait, I ass- when did you write this down? Right whenever we were talking about posting that story. <gasps> really? So you literally just did this? Yeah, literally just did this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is so good. I love it. But okay, as I say, it, you know that it makes sense You because you know me. Oh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And it made me realize, like, I associated God with church. Like, like the church is God mainly. That's main, mainly what I was saying. And it makes sense because <laughs> my, the end of 12th grade year. And honestly, since then, I remember like when I was in church, yes, it was great, but I also felt a lot of like divide in church. I felt like clickish in church like it didn't feel like what church was supposed to be um I felt like a unity no I felt like the love was conditional there Mm, mm -hmm. um I felt like I had to pretend in order to be there in order to be accepted there in order to lead there in order to do anything there basically um so you felt like you had to be anything but yourself to be loved Yes. Mm -hmm. And to fit into this church and this culture of Christianity, you know what I mean? And so when I stopped going to church, I stopped going to God. Like, because those are the things that I associated together. Yeah. And that makes sense. Like I didn't associate God without church. Like a lot of my view of God was the church. And so whenever I started thinking of the church as just mind you that I was in a whole other headspace then like but I did I genuinely thought of the church as like fake I thought of it as a place I didn't want to be and so since I associated church with God there was a time and I'm not gonna lie there was a time where my faith wavered and I was like is it fake I don't know 
because I just don't understand because in my head, who God was is not what I saw a lot of the times in the church. And I know that the church is run by man. Like I'm getting, I understand now, but I'm just being honest and real with how I felt then. Well, and it's, that's okay because you are young. Yeah. Like we're all, (laughs) like, as we're young, we are sponges. Like we don't know any better. So we think like, okay, I have to learn from them because who else is going to teach me? Right. Especially at that young age. And it makes sense that because the reason why I asked you that question is like, what was the understanding of God? It was a knowing partnering with God is not just a knowing it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a, I not like, I know what you can do, but I know who you are. I know your love. Yeah. So it's a deep experience experience a deep encounter with God and instead of just a knowing does Mm -hmm. that make sense yeah absolutely. so that's why I asked you that because when you're in church and we went to the same church I know what church you're going to (laughs) like we grew up in that church well our junior high and high school days so and so like I know it was fun it was lighthearted, and the only time I would open my Bible or even like talk to God is when a Wednesday night or a Sunday Mm -hmm. because we were told to exactly i mean i i even remember this is so funny because like i remember being taught or there was some like video of some guy talking about how um god wants a relationship with you not a religion and i remember like listening to that video and watching that video several times and being like yeah that's right he wants a relationship not a religion and i was like but now looking back i'm like but you were still doing the religion stuff. Like you were still checking off those boxes that people say that that's what you should do if you're a Christian. Oh, you don't go to church. Oh, are you really a Christian? Oh, you cuss. Are you really a Christian? Oh, you do this. Are you really a Christian? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but being perfect doesn't make you a Christian. Like, Mm -hmm. because then we wouldn't have any Christians because nobody's perfect. But Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I had that check off a box type of, thinking whenever I thought about like a relationship yeah quote, it was unquote. a conditional love mm-hmm, absolutely um and I feel like in my mind and in my heart I always wanted to have that relationship but didn't actually know how to do that you know what I mean like I mm-hmm. thought that that idea was great and I was like I don't want to have to check off boxes anymore like I I want to actually have a relationship but I had no clue how to get there mm-hmm. because everything that I saw and learned was not that at least in my head I'm not saying that I was never taught that because I I loved my pastor Mm -hmm. and we did have a good pastor he is fantastic but he was human and he had a lot of stress and a lot of stuff that he had in his life that he was worrying about yeah and there's no fault to that no and and that's what like it it wasn't it wasn't like he led me astray or anything Mm -hmm. it was just my perception and understanding and the way that we are taking it yes Mm -hmm. exactly Um, but anyways, and then I'm, after I wrote that word down, I'm like kind of dissecting, like just (laughs) my whole thought of God through even like mainly throughout these past few years. And what I noticed is that, yes, I shut off from church and from God for a while because I felt like I was trying to figure it out. Um, and I, (laughs) I mean, I remember like you would ask me to go to your or old church with mm-hmm. you and I'd be like, you know, I don't know. So bit, I don't know if the word's bitter, but I'd just be looking at it like, mm, there's just an bit. unhealed part of you that wasn't ready. 
Exactly. I just, (laughs) I would be so judgmental. How about that? Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, And I think it's because it wasn't, it was because I had a lot of hurt still Mm -hmm. from being in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I'm going back and I'm dissecting, okay, what changed from then, which when I say then, I mean like a couple years to go to now. And I am noticing that throughout the last couple years of my life, I have really separated God and church. Whereas in my head, and I'm, I'm trying to make this make sense for other people, but in my head, God was church or our church was a reflection of God. So for me, anytime I felt hurt by the church, I was hurt by God. Or if I was, or or if I, I took something wrong by the church, I'm like, well, what the heck God, you know what I mean? Like I associate, associated those together. So they were so tightly wound together, Mm -hmm. you know? So you, to put it in more words, you associated the fall of humanity as God's character. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and honestly, I couldn't tell you what, I couldn't tell you how right now I'd have to think about it cause I'm not really sure how. Um, but over the last few years I have separated and maybe that, I don't know. Um, I won't say maybe it's cause I didn't go to church anymore, but I'm just saying like, I feel like I put myself, I had put myself in a situation where I only relied on God. I didn't rely on checking a box and going to church every day, like all these things, it was more so in my head, okay, well, what is the point of church? It's for believers to come together and to, you know, what's that word? Connect. Connect, yes. That they need Jesus. Exactly. That we all need Jesus. And talk about, you know, and talk about God and talk about all these things. And in my head, I was like, well, I already have my church. Like my church is Alexis. My church is Jen. Like, Mm -hmm. and I know I need other people, but I would come into contact with other people where I'm talking about God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I wasn't in a building mm-hmm. listening to someone speak to me and singing like I sing in my car. I did, mm-hmm. you know, so in my head, I was like, okay, well, that's my church, mm-hmm. you know. And we also just have to be careful of like, we're not just listening to one voice that's giving us, like, telling us who God is and just believing it right then and there yeah. like we have to look other places as well like we have to challenge and for us we have to go do it ourselves as well too yeah. and but honestly to stop you right there and but commend you like for you to say that well because church is just community yeah. it's a community yeah so a community of people who believe in one thing who can believe in god and connect and and, ha- and find connection in that yeah. so for you to say well, Jen and Alexis is my church, you know, my surroundings, my friends that I can connect with about God and learn from in a loving, safe place. That is my church for you to say that that is huge because you have not been able to say that for a very long time. And, and anyone who's like, well, who just wants to kind of give their own two cents and opinion without even being asked about it for someone to say to you, well, okay, but you still need to go to church. Like, no, no, no. Let's recognize right right now that that was big for Krista to say. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge step and a huge healing process. And God would commend her for that instead of just adding more. Yeah. Like, well, and even, even to go, I could totally snap back at that too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Just because like, 
I mean, and I have before because people are like, well, you, you need to go to church. Like, you need to go to this building that has church on it. And I'm like, please, please, please explain to me how you think in my head. And this is totally my understanding of it. And I could be wrong. And that's okay. You can scrutinize me, whatever. I don't care. Um, in my head, a church is not a building. Mm-hmm. Church is the people. Yeah. And so for me... I don't have to walk in and and, and maybe it's this is when I walked into a church building for the past five years, I was not connecting. Mm -hmm. I did not connect with a single person in there. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's wasted. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm connecting with people in my life. I'm having conversations about God. I'm having deep conversations about life and how to get through this thing and how to still lean on God and how to do these things with people. I'm experiencing it instead of just going and listening to it. Exactly. You're experiencing God and his people without just going to a building. Yes. And although my faith wavered and honestly Who's doesn't? That's normal. Although, and I feel like just, I feel like God expects that. Like, he's like, I just need a mustard seed worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. Well, God doesn't mountain. get scared. Like, oh no, she's wavering. Like, I, every time I have felt, I have doubted and gotten so freaking angry at God. Mm-hmm. I literally feel him smiling at me, not in a condescending way, but smiling at me like, Alexis, get this out. You get this doubt out because I'm still going to be standing right next to you and right beside you because I know that you don't truly believe in this and I know that you're not going to just, you know, stay in this rut and I I believe in you, Alexis. Yeah. I believe in you and I'm fighting for you so you can you can go out and you can say all the cuss words and be angry <laughs> with me with all all you want, but I'm still fucking here. Yeah. Well, he doesn't say <laughs> But that's what I would say. This is what's in my mind. That's what is in my mind. But he's just saying, I am still here. I believe in you. So he does not get scared like, oh, no, she's questioning. God is not a scared God. Mm -hmm. If God was a scared God, he would have been scared when the serpent came in and Eve ate that apple and Adam. Yeah, he would have rolled over dead right there. Exactly. "Mm, Oh, shit. You know, but like in... And I love that you said this is because I was going to like, for me, even though my faith wavered, my belief didn't like, yes. I still believed in God. I, I still knew that. that he was God. It's just my faith. And again, and that's why I said at the beginning, my faith wavered, not because really of God, because it was because of people. Mm, yes. It's because of humanity. And I'm, and here's the thing too, is I'm not saying, oh my God, humans suck. I'm just saying that. Well, I am saying we kind of suck, <laughs> you yeah, know, in the most in graceful, the most, loving yes. way. And, 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 and notice I said we, because I'm talking about me too. Yes. We're all screwed up. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and that's the whole point of our podcast yeah. is that it's okay to be human because we can't be anything else. Yes. You can't be anything else, but what you are right now. Yeah. You can always grow. Exactly. But I'm just like. There's a point in my life where I'm going to probably say something wrong to someone and it's really going to screw them up. Mm-hmm. There's a point in my life where someone said something wrong to me and it really screwed me up. There's a point in Alexis's life. And and my thing is, yes, all of our choices that we have have consequences and they really, um, you know, change somebody else's life. 
but we're just doing the best we can with what we have. And I know that we say that over and over and over and over again, but it's because it's true. And I feel like that's why we always talk about that is because we are all human and that's just, there's, we can't be anything else. Right. So I say all that because that's the point that I wanted to get across. Um, but that was the word that came to my mind when I thought about God. And so I'm really intrigued and I want to know when you heard God, what is the first thing that came to mind? Oh my God. Um, (laughs) at what point in my life? (laughs) Honestly, like, well, I did this last year, my core beliefs about God. I really got honest with myself and, um, when I heard God as the father, cause we always like in church culture, we always say God, the father, God, the provider, uh, Jesus, Holy spirit, you know, all those, that Christianese language. Um, so whenever I would hear God as the father, I would honestly roll my eyes and be <laughs> like, he's not a father. Mm. He's not a good one. Yeah. Ooh. Or when people would say like, he's a protector and I'm like, he doesn't protect me. Mm-hmm. And then when people would see Jesus, I'm like, Jesus doesn't see me. I'm unseen. Mm. And then, um, when people would say hope, I would, and I've said this in actually past episodes. Yeah. You know, I when people would say hope, I would think it was pointless and freedom unreachable. Like I had all these, um, forgiveness equaled manipulation to me. Like those were the thoughts and core beliefs that were coming out. And and when we do say, I want to put in this little nugget, when we do say core beliefs, we are talking about our, um, core beliefs from the experiences that we have lived in our lives. So the either they could be positive or they could be negative, but it, it could be something from like a, a really horrible traumatic memory and you have partnered that with life from then on out. Mm-hmm. And so it could be a very core belief that is keeping you from healing or keeping you from growing. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm just saying like in, in, putting it into perspective of what you're saying right now is like, for example, Alexis was taught that God is the father. God is a healer. God is all of these things. And she said them before, like, Mm -hmm. that's what, you know, because this is what we're supposed to say. This is what we're supposed to believe. But when we're talking about those core beliefs, this is whenever she, and this is why she says this so much is when you get raw and honest with yourself, because guess what? You're the only one who knows your thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. besides God, but you're the only one who knows those thoughts that go through your head. And then you choose with your mouth what, which thoughts you share. Okay. Yeah. So Alexis noticed that, okay, yeah, I'm saying God is a healer, but in my mind, I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah. I actually don't believe it. Yeah. But I'm saying it with my mouth, but my mind's like, mm, but where? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a father, but when? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. So it's like, yes, her words are saying all these things. And maybe to other people, they're like, oh, yeah, she's got it together. But in her head, she's like, no, I don't believe a single thing that's coming out of my mouth. And I haven't for a long time. Exactly. Because my core belief is that none of those things are true. And because and what would prove those core beliefs is because of my childhood, because of the the abuse and the Mm -hmm. chaos that happened. And don't worry, we'll get into all that way into the future. Just not right now. This is not the episode. No. But um. It, it was because of the experience that I've lived as a young tr- child that had programmed a condition in my brain. Well, God wasn't there for me, though. 
like to me as a little girl, I was raised Catholic. So, um, Catholic is, sorry, dad, but (laughs) Catholic to me was doing works. It was the checkoff list. It was, you take the communion and you be thankful for it, but you don't encounter or experience Jesus. Like I never encountered or experienced Jesus when I went to a Catholic church. I honestly just did it for my dad. Me and my family, we did it for our dad because he was Catholic. Um, and we didn't go to there for that long. So if I were to go to any other church, it would be with like my childhood best friend, that I cheered with and I freaking loved her and her family. That's the only time I wanted to go to church because I felt safe with them. Mm -hmm. They just had such a safe presence. So like when I did go to church with them, I only wanted to go to church because for them, I'm seeing a pattern anyways, (laughs) as I'm talking about this, (laughs) I'm going to church for other people. Um, (laughs) Anyways, um, (coughs) I am going but I would never listen to what was mm-hmm. going on. So I would always go back home, you know, like back to that atmosphere um, that I didn't feel safe in. And to me, long story short, like God always felt like angry to me. He always felt like he always felt like there is this just man sitting on the throne watching other people in pain mm. and didn't even care. Mm. And, like, he was had some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And, 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 and even as a Catholic, and, as, and I know in our old church when we were in junior high and high school, I felt this way, too. Um, when you would sin, it was shame, 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 self-hatred. Like, mm-hmm. it was so mm-hmm. condemning. It was, like, high stakes, like, oh, my God, you just screwed everything up. You have to repent, repent, repent before, like, you know, it was, like, fear. Um, driven, for sure. Fear-driven theology. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I wanted to basically just have a relationship with Jesus just so I wouldn't go to hell. It wasn't to experience him. Yeah, that's good. Or I wanted a relationship with Jesus and I wanted to know God just so he wouldn't be mad at me anymore. Mm-hmm. Or just so I wouldn't see him as an angry God. And then I remember they would always say, well, I don't know. I felt like this as I was younger. I felt like I always heard, well, God forsaked Jesus so he wouldn't forsake you. And I was like, every time someone would tell me that as a 16-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, like as a young child, and but then like people, I'm like, well, isn't God, didn't God create me? Because my mom has always told me Jesus loves me and wants a relationship with me, which is crazy because my mom always taught me that Jesus, she taught me the love of Jesus, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. She taught me that Jesus is relational, but the world, and as I grew up, um, taught me that, well, it's like, it felt fear driven. And, um, so it felt like the world was telling me all this stuff of like, but no, it's to have a real, to be close to Jesus. You have to do all these things instead of like actually encountering or experiencing him. And I do remember, as I also do remember as a young child, like I would feel things so deeply. I mean, I still do, but as a five-year-old or a four-year-old, I remember, no, I had to have been like six or seven. And I remember I was in the bathroom and just 
stuff was going on in the family and I was crying and at a young age I'm just like thinking why am I even here God why did you put me in this family why did you want this for me like do you take enjoyment out of this and I was even crying not to grow up like I was like are do you even love people like do you actually even love the people that you create like that, I had that thought as a freaking like six year old. Yeah. That is crazy. You know, like that's not crazy. I mean, it makes so much sense if you knew, if you know my childhood. But yeah, I just had that thought. And as a 25 year old, like 20 years later, last year, me actually getting honest with myself instead of using this Christianese language of what I've always like, you know, the teenager way of like, it's cool to say this because you would be wrong for being honest, Mm -hmm. even though it's so good to be honest. So when when I'm like, you're gonna look like a really good Christian if you say this. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, I did it for the world, not Mm -hmm. for Jesus. I, like, I, I felt more at peace with the world when I did that, but I felt so much at war within myself and with God. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally got honest with myself, and guys, this was 25 years old. It was last year. It broke down so many core beliefs, foundational things that God had to come back in and reconstruct and rebuild. And I want to mention that, like, going back to... and. I love how people brought like, well, I thought he was an angry God. And I thought this like, because I thought it too. And I found this verse that literally during this time that saved, saved my relationship with God. And I want to read it to y'all because it's so freaking good. And, and like, I don't want to get this twisted. Like, this podcast is a Jesus-loving podcast. Yeah. Okay? Like, mental, like, our mental and emotional health, it is tied and partnered with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I would not be who I am. I would not be saying these words. I would not be the friend or the sister or the or the employee or anybody if I didn't have Jesus. So like we will talk about Jesus in here and we do love Jesus. We we don't want to get that twisted with anybody. So that's why I'm going to bring up this Bible. And, and I, if you do have a, a core belief, every time you hear the Bible and you roll your eyes, I used to do that. Honestly, this past two years, I've been doing that because these humans have used it against me. Mm -hmm. God would never use this against you. This Bible was supposed to be a love letter for you. Mm -hmm. It was never to be used against you. And I know pastors on platforms, they do that. And I'm so sorry, but I'm going to read this. I just want you to close your eyes. And I know you're thinking of all the people who just like slapped verses over your face. Like, please just don't. This is a safe space. You're okay. But I am going to read this scripture. It is Psalm 22. Okay, this was supposed to be the prophetic declaration that David made of what the cross would ha- will be. So it was the declaration of what the cross will be when Jesus comes on the earth and, you know, dies. So I'm going to read it. <clears throat> so, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. 
they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. And you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by everyone, despised by people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. This, this is what the people were saying at the cross when Jesus was hanging. Well, he, 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 he believes in the Lord, so let the Lord rescue him. If he's the son of God, then God's going to rescue him for the cross, you know? So this is literally like painting a picture so um yet you brought me out of the womb you made me trust in you even at my mother's breast from birth i was cast on you from my mother's womb you have been my god do not be far from me for trouble is near and there is no one to help many bulls surround me strong bulls of bashan encircle me Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. This is literally the picture of Jesus on the cross. My heart has turned into wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up with a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the root of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. So when it said, I am poured out like water, it's when the spear um, in Jesus' side where it poured out blood and water. And then like when his mouth was um, getting all like, um, I forgot the word, but very, very dry. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when they gave Jesus that vinegar. So this is, okay, and then. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me, and they pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, like this is the experience that Jesus is having on the cross. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry from help. That is the father's nature. That what Jesus was experiencing on that cross of God, where have you? Why have you forsaken me? Where are you? He was experiencing the ache of humanity. When we are in pain, when we are crying out to God, those are our thoughts. God, where are you? Why did you put me in my, this family? Why did this, why did this man cheat on me? Why Why did this people hurt me? Why did this church cast me out? Why did this human hurt me? Like, where were you? Where were you? 
that was, this is Jesus literally experiencing the loneliness, the pain, the heartache, the brokenhearted on the cross because he didn't just take it physically. He took it emotionally and mentally. That was the point. And then it goes on to say, from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him for dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down for the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn. He has done it. This is what the cross has done. In the darkest part of our humanity, there was life. In the darkest part of our pain, there was salvation. That was what Jesus did. God never, never hid his face when Jesus was on the cross. God never forsake Jesus when he was dying and laying out his bones and blood all out there. Because if God could forsake his son, then he could forsake us. Like God is not an angry God to where Jesus had to come in and save us. No, God is Jesus. Jesus is God. And he chose humanity. He chose to put on human skin and to experience a human life and to experience all the good, all the bad and all the ugly and to call it still all good and still worthy of his love. Right. Right. Like he could have definitely just wiped us out whenever, I mean, he tried, he was going to, and he he decided not to, but I have a question. Um, or, or do you, sorry, you're reading. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, So you mentioned right before you read that, you said, this saved my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Why? What part of that? What resonated so deeply within you? And I think you kind of just said it, but I just want to reiterate. Mm -hmm. What resonated so deeply within you that made you and your relationship with God, you know, made it work, I guess? Because this or this chapter... Psalm 22, it literally flashed me back to when I was a child and all those thoughts that I would have when I was crying and when I was alone in my room and when I was alone in my closet and felt so unsafe and felt like, God, why did you leave me? Like, I feel like you're not here. I feel like even last year, even these past two years of like, where are you? Why am I in such pain? It literally, he had to transcend me back into that little girl who thought those first thoughts and said, no, I was here. I can't forsake you, Alexis. It's not in my nature to forsake you. I love you. He and, and it just, because that was my thought. That's what formed that thought of like, God's not here for me because God forsaked his son, the son that he loved. So why would he ever be there for me? Because I didn't think I was worthy even as a child. Yeah, well, well and also I'm, I, I think I noticed that like, in your head, and, and honestly in a lot of people's heads too, they, they believed this for, for a long time, 
they think, well, if God's such a good God, why are bad things happening? Mm -hmm. Why are bad things happening to me? Why won't you just stop it? If you are all knowing and you can do everything in your power, like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like people, and I I know that you like had that belief and that thought. So like when pain is amongst you and you are going through the deepest waters or you're, you're questioning, why is this the life that I have? Why is this what I'm doing? Like, you're like, but you could fix it. And mm-hmm. and the fact that you're not is what is making this, <laughs> you know, relationship kind of rocky. You mm-hmm. know? Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's, that's always our thought is like, but you could fix it, God. Mm-hmm. Like you could fix it. And I've said that so many times, um, relentlessly, but to know that there is a good father and that this good father who is in who is involved in the fullness of my story mm-hmm. and the fullness of everybody's story who was involved still when Jesus was the most painful thing a, a human being could ever go through he was still involved in what Jesus was doing and how a, a god who's so relentless after me who's Mm -hmm. so relentlessly pursuing me even when I'm angry even when I don't even believe in him I still feel his pursuit also another thing is like when Jesus is experiencing the pain of humanity like the emotional anguish that a human feels it's like it was comforting that even Jesus could feel that and took victory over that and still survived. And that's why there's still no sting. Like, and I know I'm not talking about the pain is still not a sting. Like, yes, things are very painful in this life. But the sting of the internalness in that, that's not, we don't get to stay like that. Like, that is not the end of our story since it wasn't the end of Jesus' story when he died on that cross. Like, he literally rose again three days later and took victory. Like, it didn't just stop there. So when I'm in pain and when I'm feeling like, God, where are you or where have you been? I know like, no, this isn't the end of my story. It doesn't stop there. It can't stop here because that's not God's promise for us. Whether I die right here, I go straight to heaven. Thank the Lord and I'm joy. Or I I sit right here and I sit in my pain and I know that tomorrow there's something that's going to be better and God's going to heal it. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I know that this is not my forever. And that's why we say that. <laughs> and I lo- that's why I love I love the the beginning story of of the world, of humanity, of Adam and Eve. Like we were always gods. We were always, always gods. But humanity chose, Adam and Eve chose, well, no, now I want to be my own. Mm -hmm. So it's not God chose this for us. It's we chose this. Yeah. But even in that, God didn't, like, yes, it says in the Bible, I cast them out. He, it, it was the nature of the sin. Okay. I don't even want to say sin, It was the nature of the choice that they made that the consequences came with it. It wasn't God making that, making, doing that. It was the nature of the fall when they brought the fall into the world. Mm -hmm. It wasn't God. And exactly. It was a choice. It was free will. And then even in that, even in that, 
God made a promise to Eve. I'm going to redeem this because you will be the mother of the earth, the mother of the living, because someone in your family line who will have a baby, 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 that baby will eventually grow up and have Jesus and give birth to Jesus. Like that is the redemption in that line of like, here's my redemption to the world of what happened in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it also, the cross Back in the day, before Jesus ever took that, the cross was the most ugliest form, the most ugliest thing you could ever do to a human being. Like, they put a lot of people up there and just tortured them. And Jesus chose to hang on the ugliest thing that you could ever do to somebody and made it so beautiful. So the cross was the most destructive and ugliest thing that humans could ever have done to each other. But Jesus saw that and chose to crawl into that ugliness and redeem and die on the cross. The thing that was used to kill us, to torment us, to shame us, is now a symbol of Jesus. It's now a symbol of redemption for humanity. It's now a beacon of hope. It is actually now a beacon of forgiveness. Because when the last and final words, even in this chapter, at the end of this chapter, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Mm -hmm. And then he says, it is finished. And even at the end of this chapter, it says, he has done it. Yeah. And I mean, even as you just said that, I had I had this vision and this, I don't know, and it might not make sense. It makes sense in my head, okay? But I'm, mm -hmm. so I'm going to share it. Um, just this thing came to mind and like how you just said that, like they do not know um, how you were talking about how whenever you are in pain or how I have been in pain and we're like, where are you? Like what's happening? Like, I don't understand why you aren't here helping me right now or getting me through this. Like, and I think you and I can relate to this because we've both been nannies before. So I am, I'm taking that idea and I'm putting it into like, like a child adult relationship. Okay. So I'm imagining the child asking the parent, why can't I do this? I want to do this. Why? You know, like I'm thinking about like, okay, this, for lack of another example is like a kid asking like, why can't I eat candy all day, every day? Why can't I do this? And the parent just being like, well, I know what's best for you. And that's not what's best for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do you understand mm -hmm. the picture yeah. I'm trying to paint is no. because we're mm -hmm. like, why can't I do this? Why can't you be here? And then I feel like God's like, well, I know it's what's best for you. Just wait. Just exactly. And when you think about the Ten Commandments, they aren't like, they really are just like protection. Like, here's mm -hmm. my protection for you. Do you want to kill? Do you want to steal? Do you want to cheat? Do you want to lie? Do you want to murder? Like, it was more of a protection, like a loving father, like, hey, don't do these things because this is going to destroy your soul. This is going to damage your soul. It wasn't for God. Mm -hmm. It was for us. You. It was mm -hmm. for our spirit. Yep. Because do you really want to do all that stuff? Does it make you feel good? Yeah. Like that was the heart and the nature of the father. It was to protect us, to be like, I don't want you to experience all this shame, all this self-hatred, all this like confusion, because that's what this 
choice is going to bring in. Not because I'm doing it. Not because I'm wanting to bring this in. It's because of the nature of the fall of the serpent of the devil. It just like in my head, I don't know. Forgive me for this chocolate, but in yeah. my head, I'm like the Ten Commandments is like the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's like oh, that's so good. In my head, it's like okay, I'm as a parent telling you, no, don't eat this chocolate because I know that if you eat this chocolate, you are going to be in pain. Your stomach is going to hurt. The mm-hmm. insides. You're not going to have a very fun time on the toilet later. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like because. The parent, the father, the mother, they have an understanding and they know the consequences of those actions. They have an understanding that you don't yet. Yes. And I feel like that was the whole point of me bringing that up earlier was the fact that like you're crying out and you're like, why? I don't get it. If you're all knowing and all healing, why aren't you healing? If you can fix anything, why aren't you fixing this? It's because you don't understand why something's happening. Mm -hmm. And God's just like, you'll see. (laughs) <laughs> in my head I feel I feel like a lot of times he's like you'll see mm-hmm. just wait because I, I don't think I and and maybe if I sat down and thought about it but right now I don't can't think of a time ever where I had questioned God and was like why this doesn't make sense blah blah, blah where later in life I didn't have like a ah, I know why now I understand why now mm-hmm. I have I in my head I have a feeling like I I always had an aha moment and when I say later in life, it could be years, right, of why something had happened in my life the way that it did. Does that make sense? Like yeah. there's always been a I get why that happened now or I understand why I had to go through that pain or I understand why, you know, I didn't get what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like I get it now, but mm-hmm. in the moment I didn't and I yeah. was upset and I was angry. Mm-hmm. But now I understand. Exactly. Yeah. So. I could literally just talk about this all freaking day, but to not go <laughs> over time or um, um, we do want to um, honor people's time and everything. So I do want to do a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we like to do on this podcast is um, put your hand on your heart, close your eyes. If you're driving, please don't. Actually, I, okay, I, if you are driving – I want to invite you into, I want you to pause this podcast and I want you to wait till you get home for this moment. Yeah. Um, I want you to be so connected to yourself. And if you need to go into your closet or to your room or just get away or just sit in your car, maybe park somewhere or outside your house. But I want you to pause this until you're somewhere that's not distracting. Yeah. Because there's, it's something, it's different whenever you're sitting and being still. Mm-hmm. Like, because when you're driving, you're mentally still somewhere else because you're focusing on other things. So it's different. It's a different experience whenever you're still and your mind is only focusing on the words that are about to come out of Alexa's mouth. Exactly. Okay. So um, now that you unpause and you're somewhere um, that's not distracting and you're so in tuned and connected to yourself and connected to what's about to happen, I don't want this to just be another prayer. I want this to be an encounter. That's truly what prayer was meant to be, was an encounter with Jesus, a conversation with Jesus to experience his love, to experience his presence and his character, his nature. Mm -hmm. So I want you to put your hand on your heart, close your eyes, or do whatever you need to do. Like right now, as Alexis is talking, like I'm doing these things and I'm like taking deep breaths because Mm -hmm. that's what like gets me in the moment. So if you need to do that, do that. Take some deep breaths in and out your nose to get to a space where you're calm. 
Yes, take some deep breaths. Oh, man. Baby girl, son, you have forgotten who you are because you have forgotten who he is. You have forgotten the nature of your creator. I am so sorry for the pain that you have experienced in this life. I am so sorry for the human beings that you have experienced that have lied to you, that have cheated on you, that have abused you, that have taken advantage of your heart, that have taken advantage of your trust. It was wrong and I'm sorry. But I want you to do yourself a favor and see those people right in front of you as you have your eyes closed and you have had Jesus like just enamored in the group of them. I want you to physically reach your hands out and pull those people away from Jesus because it's separate. Humanity, their actions, their flaws, their faults, it's separate from God. It is not Jesus' nature. And I want you to get rid of those people who have hurt you, who have made you feel like you were not worthy and unqualified. Get rid of them. They're out of your mind. They are out. Take them away. And I want you to picture Jesus in front of your face. And if you can't and you have have people on the face of God, it took William Paul Young, the author of The Shack, 50 years to take his father's face off of the face of God. And we're going to do that right now. And it might take every day for you to do this. But if you still have someone's face off the face of God, maybe you talk to them and you say, Jesus, why? Or you're breaking down or you're crying. But I want you to picture Jesus' loving nature. The Jesus who died on the cross for you. The Jesus who felt the loneliness, the pain, the doubts, the questions, the 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 pain that just felt so far gone that like, God, why, why, where are you? I want you to picture that Jesus who is so human and felt those human emotions. And I want you to picture him holding your face, crying with you, grieving with you and saying, baby, I understand. I am so sorry. This should have never happened to you. It was wrong. But I'm here. I'm right here. I've always been here. I don't enjoy your pain. I don't take enjoyment out of you being hurt and crying yourself to sleep every single night. I know it hurts. But this is not the end of your story. This is not the end of it. This is a father who's so involved in this story, who's going to be so involved in the healing and the growth that that when tomorrow comes and when the next day comes, he's involved. He's here. And I don't care if those Christians kicked you out. They kicked you out of the ministry. They're talking about you. Let them talk. People are always going to talk. You're not going to please everybody. Every Christian, every human being is going to talk and have opinions. That is not your identity. And that is not what Jesus thinks of you. We are searching for... (laughs) 
like verification in this world from human beings when we already have Jesus's validation. I want you to experience the love of God right now as he's holding you, as he's crying with you and saying, this is not forever. This pain is not forever because that is his promise to you eternally. That is his promise. And he's not happy. He's not taking enjoyment out of your pain. Rather, he's taking your hand, lifting you up, saying, this is not your forever. You still have a purpose. And there's still light. There's still life there. And it's going to happen. Healing is coming. And you're going to be okay. And I'm right here. I love you. Take some time still in this moment. Don't even get out of this moment as we're ending this podcast. We love you so much. And we'll see you in the next episode. Amen.